Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily, and I'd like to talk about protective stones and some other things that I've been meaning to talk to you about for a while. It's just that my past October was uh, so ridiculously slammed, uh, I'm still playing catch-up, and I think I will be uh, for a while. And so I want to go back and revisit some of the things from the month of October in particular that that are sort of loose ends I think you'll be really uh, interested in. And, of course, on October 31st, when I was invited to appear on the Ghost Adventures live program, the show was being promoted by the Travel Channel as a show in which Zach Bagans might open the Dybbuk Box. And of course, the Dybbuk Box has a long history. You can read about it yourself on the internet. That's, uh, I guess it's spelled D-Y-B-B-U-K. But basically, a Dybbuk is an evil spirit. Um, that At least that's how it's termed in Jewish mysticism. And... It was apparently trapped in this box, and it was this box is supposed to never be opened, and so he was talking about opening it, and so there was a lot of concern and controversy over whether or not you should do that, you know, whether or not it's even ethical to do that. In fact, there was a rabbi who showed up during the live broadcast and uh, had concerns about what was happening. Um but regardless of the Dybbuk box, I mean, that museum is full of uh, things that I wouldn't own, you know, all kinds of uh, gruesome, ghoulish, grim things, all kinds of serial killer artifacts and, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, um, things are going very well in my life. And as a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever been happier in my entire life. And that's saying something because uh, I've had some pretty darn happy moments in my life. You know, I love to snorkel, and I'm not not close to a place where I can snorkel right now. So for me to say that is a pretty big deal. And so I was concerned going into this situation that maybe I would be exposing myself to something negative. And this is more than just being superstitious. Um, There have been incidents that I am frankly not really allowed to talk about that have been related to similar situations where um, I have been uh, present or whatever when something has been opened that's not supposed to be opened and afterward some terrible things happen in the world. And again, you know, this is not the sort of thing that I uh, would would want to talk about because sometimes you you even do have that, I guess, that little fear, don't you? You know, speak of the devil and and he will appear. And uh, so you got to be careful about the thoughts that you put out there into the world. But anyway, um, as I was going into this situation, I asked all of you to to help me, to protect me to say some prayers, to put a protective white light around me. And I tell you, it gives you such a warm, fuzzy feeling, knowing there are so many people in the world who care about you. I started receiving wonderful gifts from friends and loved ones. And 
you know, people who, who really went even, even beyond. And, and, and you know what? Everything I received, I was wearing a vest. I don't know if you saw that TV program, but I was wearing, it's like a, a utility vest with all kinds of pockets. And my pockets were full of all kinds of protective things that had been sent to me. And I used every one of them. I can't think of any of them I left out. I was afraid I was going to look even fatter because my, my vest would be you know, just chock full of all this stuff. So I want to tell you a little bit about some of the things that I, I received and some of the interesting stuff that I learned from this experience. Well, for one thing, um, you've heard me talk over the years a lot about Santero David Longley, who is... I, when I met him, he was in Puerto Rico. He now lives in Western North Carolina, uh, where he actually spent a good part of his youth. And um, and Fran, I'm going to say her last name. I hope she's okay with it. Fran Ward. Fran Ward is one of the most fascinating, kind, insightful. I, I think of her as magical. You know, I talk about how I can see the aura. When I look at Fran, she's got little silver sparkles and stuff, I mean, in her aura. Uh, she's just a really fascinating person. And uh, uh, so Fran and Santero Longley, they're uh, always working on projects together in Western North Carolina. And anyway, so they sent me some wonderful stuff. For example, um, I got this package and I'm holding this amazing stone in my hand I should probably take some pictures of this and post it uh, in fact you know what I'm going to do that I'm going to post a, a picture or two of this um, this is a, a big chunk of um, almost iridescent metallic looking stone called shungite and I was not familiar with this and it comes from Russia, apparently. So if you if you look it up, it says shungite is a black, lustrous, non-crystalline mineraloid. Mineraloid. I was like, what is a mineraloid? So a mineraloid is a naturally occurring mineral-like substance that does not demonstrate crystallinity. That's interesting. And then of course it goes on into uh, says there you know obsidian is an example of this, uh, an amorphous glass and not a crystal. So, um, anyway, shungite, that's spelled S-H-U-N-G-I-T-E, it's used all the time to shield you from negative energies. Now, we're talking about, like, psychic stuff, you know, uh, demon-oriented demon stuff, ghostly stuff that you might not want to have in your life. But what I find especially interesting is that it is true, it is true that it has an antibacterial property. Uh, it says shungite has been used as a folk medical treatment since the early 18th century. Peter the Great set up Russia's first spa to make use of the water purifying properties of shungite, which he had himself experienced. He also instigated its use in providing purified water for the Russian army. The antibacterial properties of shungite have been confirmed by modern testing. Isn't that interesting? So we're talking about something that has a very physical effect in terms of um, 
producing whatever kind of energy or chemical reaction that is not conducive to bacteria but also apparently has this sort of shielding effect when it comes to other negative energies as well so if you can get yourself a piece of shungite that's a cool thing to have and so Fran and David sent me and Lauren a nice chunk of shungite as a pendant and let me tell you something this thing was around my neck when I did the Ghost Adventures live program in that space full of all kinds of spooky and uh, potentially catastrophic um, items or, or let me put it this way items that could produce some kind of catastrophic result <laughs> um, so anyway here's the next thing I want to tell you about you know you've heard me interview Rebecca Genesis who wrote the book Ghost Seer and uh, Rebecca came to my little party that I had out here the night before Halloween, October 30th, which could have been a farewell party if things had not gone well, uh, if, if, if Zach opened the Dybbuk box. Um, she gave me a tourmaline stone, and uh, it was also a beautiful pendant, and hers uh, actually has a coil I guess it, it's, I'm not sure if this is, it might be, might even be silver, but it's got a nice coil around the stone. And tourmaline also has an enormous uh, reputation when it comes to keeping you safe, keeping away negative energy. Uh, it says here, tourmaline is a crystalline boron silicate material. Uh, semi-precious and when you look at pictures of tourmaline uh, tourmaline also uh, has sort of an iridescent quality so I'm starting to see that maybe there's something to this relationship between stones that have an iridescent quality and the ability to deflect negativity and and that would make sense in a way because an iridescent quality means that you're really sort of seeing at one point or another, depending on how you hold it in the light, sort of the full spectrum. You're seeing red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. It's like a little prism. And so maybe what that means is that um, it's somehow breaking down the energy that comes near you, uh, just like a prism does. You know, uh, it's funny because if you take, uh, let's say we have paint in front of us and you have red paint and orange paint and yellow paint and green paint and blue paint and purple paint and you mix that all together in a big bucket it turns black but if you do the same thing with light if you have red light orange light yellow light green light blue light purple light and you mix it all together it becomes white and that produces this the white light like you get out of a flashlight now why that happens is uh, I mean I understand I think why that happens but it goes beyond the scope of this particular podcast so you can look into that on your own it has to do with the way that waves interact um, but anyway uh, you know and, and of course by waves I'm talking about light behaving as a wave or, or a particle versus something that's chemical and physical and anyhow that said um on the light scale in terms of light knowing that a prism takes light and breaks it down 
I would think that maybe when you see a stone that has an iridescent quality, it is breaking down energy so that the full blast of that energy is not hitting you, and maybe that's how it neutralizes negative things. And that might even, of course, extend down to the physical level when we're talking about very, very tiny organisms like bacteria. Like, they can be physically destroyed by it because they're so small and sensitive. But uh, that's just an interesting thought to keep in mind when you're looking into possibly protective stones. Now, I know that the idea of stone power, crystal power, gem power, all that sounds like some real crazy woo-woo kind of stuff. Okay, I get that. Um, But I think it's important for you to realize that everything that we create artificially has got to come from somewhere. And it comes from the earth. You know, we're, we're taking the resources that we have here on the earth and we are just rearranging them and reorganizing them in in various ways so uh, it should not be that surprising to you that everything somehow or other relates back to what exists here on the earth it's you know that's why even the term man-made is is i get it but it's kind of silly you know to, <laughs> to envision you know the uh, some guy just be like in and and creating some ball of light that manifests into some object no we can't do that um well i mean i look i'm not going to say we can't do anything but that's not what we're usually talking about when we talk about a man-made material we're talking about taking something that is already existing in the earth or in the environment or you know some aspect of planet earth and then yeah we can reshape it and reorganize it it's like taking um, stones and stacking them up to build a house or whatever. Yeah, that you can say that house is man-made, but uh, man is only working with what he was given. And so I do believe that uh, you can uh, envision incredible power in these stones, these gems, these minerals. And in fact, uh, you could even look to the whole idea that the technological revolution that we're in right now, the information age, which is based upon computers and electronics, is really just a matter of us understanding how crystals work on a different level. And that's why we have places like Silicon Valley. Well, what do you think Silicon is? It's a, it's a crystal, right? So anyway, another thing I'll tell you about that you might find intriguing, and, and, and again, I will post pictures of both of these on uh, my Twitter feed. If you want to go to uh, joshuapwarren.com, you'll find a link to my Twitter feed. Or if you go to Twitter, you just go to at joshuapwarren, and I'll have a couple of pictures there, at least one picture. Maybe I'll put them both together, and uh, you can see what these two particular stones that I have look like. And another thing that I want to tell you about, while I'm talking about um, Santero David Longley and Fran Ward, uh, Santero David Longley, you know, is he's a world-class artist. And he sent me a card for my birthday, which was on October the 25th. And this card is absolutely stunning. Santero Longley is one of those guys who has such patience, 
such a steady hand. He can sit there for months and construct a beautiful picture, just one little dot at a time. And I can tell he sat down with a pen and he constructed this incredible illustration for me on this card. And uh, it's it looks like it well it kind of like I guess for the sake of simplicity it's a disc that's kind of like a donut you know it's a disc with a hole in the middle and then there are five bats around it and I love the perspective on the bats because it's almost like you're looking down from the top on them the gradient that he used between light and dark is so subtle uh, I can't imagine how long it took him to do this, but it says five bats of happiness. I was like, huh. Well, for one thing, my birthday was close to Halloween, so it's always suitable to get something with bats, right? So anyway, I turned this over, and uh, and he says, these are the five blessings of, here they are, five blessings. One, old age. Two, wealth. 3. Health 4. Love of virtue and 5. A natural death and then he says these are our wishes for you on your birthday and so this came from uh, Santero David also Fran Ward signed off on it and he says by the way it's also a full moon so that is good luck Turns out this is called the Chinese Wu-Fu. And uh, I never actually knew this. I, I looked into it, and the word bat is fu in Chinese. And so in Chinese, it sounds identical to the word for luck, which is fu. Uh, and they say because of the similarity and pronunciation in the Chinese spoken language, the symbolic meaning of bat is commonly recognized as good fortune in Chinese culture because bat sounds like luck. And there is something really special about bats, right? I mean, the only mammal that can fly, that's a hell of a mysterious thing. And so Wu Fu means five bats. So that is where the five bats of luck apparently comes from isn't that cool so i am so uh happy to have this i cherish it and uh i have a little altar in my house and i think everybody should have an altar in their house where you just put something there um, or a number of things there that sort of remind you of where your head ought to be and how you should be feeling and what's important to you and like sort of picks you up and gives you that extra energy and sense of spirit and faith that you need to make it through every single day and so this is the centerpiece of my altar isn't that nice so anyway look i could go on with you know just wonderful things that um that people have done for me to help protect me from negative energy psychic attack but hopefully by giving you a few of these examples well you can think about stuff you can do for yourself or things that you can do for others as well 
if they end up in a situation where they might have to go into a uh, a dark and, and threatening scenario. You know, last month in October, you may have seen that I was, while I was doing all this stuff with Ghost Adventures and everything else, I was also featured on the um, the big news station here in Las Vegas, Fox 5, because of an investigation I did at the Fox Ridge Park. And Fox Ridge Park is a beautiful park in a little area called Henderson, which is just a town adjacent to Las Vegas. And they have a big playground there, and there's been this story going around for many years that the playground is haunted by the ghost of a little boy. What's weird about the situation, however, is that a lot of people say that when they get close to the little boy, he suddenly transforms into some kind of hideous, scary thing, and uh, then, of course, they all run away, so hence the end of the report. And I don't, therefore, know if this actually is a little boy. I will tell you that I did historic research, and I found that 10 years ago, Uh, there was a little boy who died nearby in an automobile-related accident. And most people who talk about the legend of the little boy say that it was a little boy who was hit by a car or was somehow killed in an auto accident. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly how to separate fact from fiction there. Um, I have talked to a number of eyewitnesses, I mean, people who actually say they have seen the little boy. I even talked to one girl who went to school at the nearby elementary school. She's, I mean, she's a grown woman now, and she said that when, even when she was a little kid, that they would use the story of the little boy being hit by the car as a cautionary tale. So it, it, it's hard to to really separate fact from fiction once again but uh in this in this case what i can tell you is going there for an evening and investigating i've never seen the little boy um i got a a lot of weird 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 unexpected uh, electromagnetic and electrostatic chaos there which i think could be the product of you know the man-made artificial structures because they have a huge impressive uh, almost pyramidal uh, structure there that retains all of the equipment on the playground all made of metal so it, i mean the the emf and and other disruption i'm picking up there could just be a side effect of that acting as a big antenna uh, I'm not exactly sure I, I need to do more research but while I was there I concluded that whether this is artificial or natural this may be a portal type location meaning that the frequencies the forces that hold the physical world in place are being so shaken that it sort of blurs the line between the physical and the non-physical and uh, allows things that are non-physical to more easily slip in. Uh, I think I've said this before, it's kind of like taking a sandcastle. You know, it's, it's it's a nice structure sitting there in place when it's still, 
but if you start shaking it, it's going to just fall apart and erode and become a pliable thing. Well, when you have a place that's got a lot of chaotic energy, whether it's because that you have a man-made antenna that's picking up a lot of frequencies that are also man-made and focusing them and bouncing them in all kinds of directions, or it's a place that naturally has something going on geologically like that, uh, which is what attracted the man-made structure. You know, that gets into a tricky cause and effect uh, scenario where we have to question the cause and effect. But regardless, when you have that situation, what you're talking about is a spot within space-time where things are just constantly being shaken. And that means it's a pliable spot. And so this is what is often called a portal. Well, while I was there, not only was I able to measure uh, all of this kind of unusual energy that could relate to why there are ghostly encounters or hallucinations or whatever you want to call them, but I also brought a uh, FLIR thermal camera with me and uh, I snapped some shots and I'm going to post those for you on my Twitter feed as well. And there's nothing special uh, really about those pictures. It's not like a ghost showed up. There's one of them where I think I had Lauren uh, stand in to just show what a, a human figure would look like. And then there's a picture of one of the swings after Lauren put her hand on it. So you can see her handprint the the heat signature from the handprint even after the hand is gone um but i just want you to to you know if you're interested take a look at those because i don't know i've never seen thermal imaging done of the haunted swings at the fox ridge park the swings where they often say they see a little boy swinging and sometimes they just see the swing moving by itself um, so this will be an opportunity if you're kind of a, a curious sort, a paranormal aficionado, whatever, to go and, and look at some of those images. Again, I'll post those on my Twitter feed, at Joshua P. Warren. And if you go to JoshuaPWarren.com, it'll make it even easier for you to find the section that will connect you to my Twitter feed. So a couple things here before I wrap up this particular podcast. For one thing... Those of you who are near Asheville, North Carolina, do not forget this Tuesday night, November the 13th of 2018, is going to be the 112-year anniversary, I think it's 112 years, yeah, of the Will Harris murders, Asheville's largest mass murder killing spree. It happened the evening of November the 13th of 1906 and that night Christian McLeod is going to be leading the haunted Asheville ghost tour that starts at 8 p.m. and this will be a full-blown normal haunted Asheville ghost tour except for the extraordinary fact that I am hiring a psychic Reverend Pamela Mortimer to be on the tour to give her impressions related to especially the Will Harris incident. I've never, ever done this before. Uh, This is going to be, uh, I mean, literally a newsworthy event. 
it will happen rain or shine so to speak and at this point i I, last i looked it looked like it's going to be cold and rainy fine so be it it is the anniversary so i hope that you will come out and you will be a part of this i hope that you will you know go to hauntedashville.com get your ticket bring an umbrella get your ticket bring some hot chocolate who knows might even be able to stop and get some hot chocolate along the way but you do not want to miss this opportunity to go out on the anniversary of Asheville's largest mass murder killing spree in 1906 have this incredible tour experience led by Christian McLeod and also enjoy the extra level of insight that you're going to get from having Reverend Pamela Mortimer there giving you her psychic insight along the way. This is going to be a very, very rare treat. I've never done it before, and I don't know if I will be doing it ever again. I mean, you you only have one shot every year, and, you know, sometimes you know it's hard to arrange these things. So that's Tuesday. HauntedAsheville.com is where you go to get your tickets for that. And the last thing I want to leave you with is, of course, this month is a good time to see the brown mountain lights. And in my experience, the colder and wetter, the better. And so I actually shot a little video a few days ago about the brown mountain lights. And one of the things that I believe might apply to how those lights are created by mother nature and so uh, i'm not ready to post it yet but i think i'll be doing so within the next few days so that's uh, a good reason to stay tuned to this podcast so you'll know when i have that video available and uh, it's short but it's pretty informative and i think that you'll you'll like what i'm talking about because it applies possibly to many many paranormal phenomena all around the world so that's something that i'll be uh, sharing with you in the near future so that said go to joshuapwarren.com click the link to my twitter feed there to look at some of the pictures i'm posting of these stones of the blessing i received of the uh and that's of course i'm talking about the the five bats of happiness and the thermal images from the Fox Ridge Park Playground in Henderson, Nevada. Uh, All that stuff is going to be on my Twitter feed. And you also want to subscribe, um, you know, because if you you follow me on Twitter or if you click the link at Joshua P. Warren to this podcast, joshuapwarren.com, You'll, 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 the, the, the webcast or the podcast, of course, is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. You can subscribe through all kinds of different means, and that way I can keep you informed, and uh, I have some really interesting stuff to tell you about because I'm working on some gigantic plans for 2019. So big, it's, uh, it's kind of intimidating. So that's it for today, and that said, hey, I'll be giving you some good good stuff tomorrow, so thank you for listening, thank you for your interest and support, thank you for staying curious, and I will talk to you again soon. <laughs>